Oh, what an introduction. I'm humbled. Thank you, Ramesh. Thank you, Elsie, Dave, and Joy. What a nice name to just say, Joy here, Joy there. Yeah, Joy in the house as well. Uh, I'm going to talk to you, share with you a message today about a subject that everybody loves very much, tithing and offering. <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm. I hope you keep it until the end as well. Uh, really, it's tithing and offering that I want to talk to you, but really I would uh, hope, and I was praying, that my message today would uh, be insightful with some French, fresh look at uh, tithing and offering. Not the same as maybe you know. And I also pray that uh, 2019 uh, be the best year ever. And I think I have some nuggets that I want to share with you. So stay with me, and I hope you get the message of tithing, of how powerful that is of a message. But just before coming, I met a gentleman who shared with me something about a meeting that happened between three men of God. There was Reverend John... Uh, Rabbi David and Sheikh Mohammed. And uh, they told me something about uh, 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 offering and tithing. And the question was, how do you divide between what goes to God and what we keep in the ministry? And uh, Sheikh Mohammed said, oh, we, we just throw a line in the sand and we throw the money up. And whatever falls on the right belongs to God and whatever falls on the left belongs to us. And uh, Reverend John said, oh, 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 that's horrible. Oh, no, we don't do that way. We make a circle on the floor and we throw the money in the air. Whatever falls in the circle is ours and whatever falls out of the circle, Ramesh, is uh, uh, the minister. Uh, Rabbi David, what do you do? Oh, it makes me laugh when I hear you guys. We give it all to God. We throw it up in the air. Whatever is his, he keeps. Whatever falls down is ours. <laughs> now that I get your attention, uh, I also just want to say uh, a couple of things, foundation, before I speak to you. And there is uh, the, um, the money is, a, is, a, is a, a little bit of a, a difficult subject to handle. It's a sensitive subject for a lot of people. And uh, I went and researched how many times does love is mentioned in the Bible and how many times money is mentioned in the Bible. Do you know who is mentioned more? Is love or money? Money? You are right. The people have said money is right. Money is mentioned 800 times in the Bible versus love, which is mentioned 310 times. Now, I, I checked this out, not only through Google, because I said maybe I'll make an error here. No, I checked it out, and money is mentioned 800 times. I guess God must know that we need more help in this area. The second thing that I wanted to mention with you is that money is not the root of evil, as people think. But the love of money is the root of evil. And actually, 
anything that takes uh, the, the, the part of God from us is evil. If we, golf is great, tennis is lovely, soccer is a great game, but if that takes the number one, then it's not good. Career could be, relationship could be, and I hate to say also service could be. God wants us, God wants our heart. He wants the relationship to be direct, to be intimate. So it's not the money, it's the love of money. Actually, money is very good for the economy, is a very easy way, it lubricates uh, 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 the trade, it lubricates a relationship, and in a way, when you have money, you have resources, you can bless people, you can build churches, you can use the internet, you can share the Jesus message in a way that could not have been shared before through money and resources. So I'm just putting this so that uh, I, I get some agreement on this. And the last point is that uh, in Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, was the son of God, uh, but he was a businessman. He was a carpenter. He had a shop. He was the elder in the family. He took care of uh, mom and dad. He took care of uh, four brothers and a sister. And he was a carpenter, which meant that he did quotations. He had vendors. He had customers. He had pricing to do. He had a bottom line to watch. And uh, 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 if you go further, you would see that he talked about investment, about paying taxes, about return on investment. He talked about a lot of things that relates to money. So uh, again, I'm just underlining that. And furthermore, most of the miracles that Jesus did were not in church. They were in the marketplace. They were at the beach. They were, he was cooking breakfast for people. He was, uh, he was uh, singing. He was playing with children like we did here. It, it, not that there is anything wrong with uh, miracles in the church, but I'm just saying, really, the field of battle is outside. It is not the inside. And I'm glad that we're bringing people inside uh, uh, for uh, 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 receiving the love that we have uh, uh, received. So uh, the, the point that I'm making here is don't, don't look down on money and don't look down on business because they are important. So uh, if we check on tithing, tithing really means 10%. It doesn't mean 9%, doesn't mean 12%, doesn't mean 7%. It's not subject to argument. It is 10%. It's the meaning of it. And uh, I looked in the Bible, and uh, it starts in Genesis 14, 19, 20. We will not go there, but if you want to write it down, uh, Abraham uh, was giving 10% of everything. Genesis 28, Jacob also did the same, as quotation about 10%. And then Leviticus 27, 30 to 34, introduced tithing as a law. And then uh, Malachi, which we're going to stay for some time on Malachi, uh, is the main one. But I also have some uh, verses from uh, the New Testament. But just tithing 
is 10%. So if we want to look together at uh, that Malachi um, 3, 10, 12, and we usually read it fast, and all the pastors go through it uh, uh, rapidly. And I would like to uh, stay a little bit with it and see what does it mean. So let's read it together. So what does it say there? It uh, brings the full tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight. So the first thing I see here is that bring the full tithe. And what is the tithe? How much is that? 10%. So there is a direct order there from God about that 10%. Uh, and it says, bring it into my house. Where is the house? It's CTF Scarborough. If you're a member of the church, if you're a member of another church, then it's, it's, it's a place where you receive your spiritual food and where I have a pastor that looks after me and an authority over me. If you go somewhere else, yes, you can give offerings somewhere else, and you can work somewhere else, and you can minister somewhere else, but the place to do your tithe is always in the home church that you have. Hmm? By the way, this is not me speaking, I'm just reading with you here. And then what else? Put me to the test. Now, this really is, was very revealing to me, because in other parts of the Bible, God specifically, and Jesus says, do not put the Lord to the test. And I have found some, um, Luke 4.12, uh, Jesus himself says, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He says the same thing in Matthew 4.7. And in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6.16 do not test the Lord your God. Wow. So this looks like it contradicts the Lord's word, do not test me. But maybe there is some logic here where God says, test me on this one because he knows we have some issues with money. So he says, you know, I'm going to ask you to test me in this. Trust me in this area. And you will see what I will do for you. Uh, so this is something that I, I didn't see before, but it just uh, kind of lit up in me that the Lord is very serious about tithing and offering, and tithing especially. Okay, let's go. And then he says, open the window of heaven, blessing until there is no more need. And I love that. He didn't say desires, he said need. What, what do we need? We need shelter, we need clothes, we need jobs, we need friends, we need work, we need entertainment, we need transportation. No need. 
all your needs will be met. That's what he's saying. And who's talking? It's the Lord. It's a covenant with the Lord. We're partnering with the Lord. Who can be against us? Nobody. Right? You make a deal with the Lord. He says every need will be met. And then we go. And then this part. People don't preach about it. I will rebuke the devourer. So there is protection here. I mean, God loves all of us unconditionally, but there is appear to be special protection for those people that have ties, right? I read it that way. I see that there is protection here. There is a defense mechanism uh, for the people that are tithing. I will rebuke the devourer for you that it will not destroy the fruit of your soil. What is the fruit of my soil? Is my work. My relationship, right? That's my work. So there is protection over my work, what I do. And uh, your vine, ah, that's additional. And the field shall not fail. So it means that there will be success. Anything that I do should have success. Whether it is driving, whether it is traveling, whether it is savings, whether investment, work, ministry, relationship, I have success from God, right? Um, and then some more, do we have some more? And why all this? So that all nations will call you blessed, that people will see that the tithers have special favor, special success, right? And uh, for you will be a land of delight, a land of sin. So really, when you dissect the Malachi uh, verse, you find nuggets there, and especially about protection and about success, which uh, I wanted to share with you. <clears throat> and all nations will call you blessed. It's very important that we stand different than the world, that people look at us and say there's something different about Dave. He's got this kindness, he's got this love, he's got this empathy. There's something different about Sybil, that he is so kind. Uh, something that makes us different than the world. And I think that's one of the reasons for it. Uh, offering it's a different subject. Offering is out of my love. I can bless other ministries, other people. And the thing here, I have some uh, quotations as well, uh, which you can maybe consult on 2 Corinthians 8-7. Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. So don't just sing and say that you love me. You should also uh, mean it with actions. And, and, and this is so true. Uh, I won't embarrass Ramesh, but when people come and volunteer, they want to volunteer in things that are nice. But to clean the washrooms, maybe not. 
to count the offering. Oh, no, 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 I don't want to count the offering. To arrange the seats, maybe there'll be some problems there. But somebody that comes and volunteer, volunteer everything. God wants people that are available, not qualified. And when that came, when I knew about that, I relaxed. Because it's not my qualification. Actually, the more empty I am, the better God will use us. Right? Uh, so what does this have to do with offering is that we sh our offering should show how much love I have for the Lord and what he has done for me. Yeah, and some more, uh, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops, then your barns, what will happen? Will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with the new one. Overflowing is like when somebody is pouring uh, 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 water into your glass and it goes all over. He said, ah, that's enough, that's enough. I, I, I don't need more. It's just overflowing. I have more. I have more from uh, uh, Mark, I guess. Um, still, uh, other seed fell on good soil. It, it came up, grew, and produced a crop some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. So when you put a seed, God will multiply it up to 100 times. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I would want to put more in this bank rather than the bank that gives you 2% a year. <laughs> Logically, not spiritually, but just logically, this guy gives me 2%, and uh, this bank gives me a hundredfuls. So it's up to you to choose. <laughs> One more. One more, again, from Luke. Give it, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, again, overflowing, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured for you. So uh, the point here, I encourage you to uh, do offering, uh, and, but it's different than the tithing. The tithing is the core, the offering is in addition. And by the way, in the Old Testament, they used to give uh, a lot of other taxes as well. It was not only the 10%. The, the one thing that I would say about offering is that, and that's me talking, is that try and always uh, pray about it so that your offering will be guided by the Holy Spirit and not by the need. Because everywhere you go, uh, do this for the children, do that. If you give some... Uh, uh, offering or donations you get on a list and then you're bombarded with and it's hard sometimes to know which is and which isn't and we don't want to also be uh, unfocused we want to make sure that I protect my heart I protect my offering from the devil I don't want any distraction I want to be focused in what I do and all I'm saying is just Put it to the test and pray about it, about offering as to where we would go. So uh, this uh, other uh, text came, obedience is better than sacrifice. And it's mentioned in Jeremiah 7, 21, 23. You can check it out, 1 Samuel 15, 22. You know, people want to know the will of God. And the will of God is really two things. One, 
the Ten Commandments. He, he tells me his will. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't, uh, don't have false testimony. Uh, don't, yeah, don't, don't cover it uh, uh, for other people. Respect your mom and dad. Honor the Lord, and so on and so forth. I don't have to ask. I know his will. He's told me. And then there is the other part where uh, should I uh, buy this car or that car? Should I work for this company or that company? Should I get married or not married? Should I go to this place or go there? Should I read this book or not that book? And this is where we have a little bit of a problem and we should seek his will in that. But not on the first things that are mentioned in the Bible because these are very clear. So when I read this, obedience is better than sacrifice. If you put tithing and offering as a sacrifice, there is some kind of sacrifice, it, he doesn't like the sacrifice. He prefers obedience. He prefers that we just do what he said we should do. So if that is so obvious, why don't people tithe more regularly? And I found four reasons. And I'm going to share them with you. The first one is that most time I find that people look at, oh, I got to pay my rent, I got to pay the car insurance, I got to do the groceries, oh, the kids need this and this and this. And the 10% get at the end of the finances, not at the beginning of the finances. So whatever is left. And a lot of people say, when I have enough, and I will, you know, tithe. And does he say that? Oh, he doesn't say that. He says what? He says, for the first fruits. So from the top. And actually, if you buy a franchise, <laughs> you will have to pay from the top, not from the bottom. Because they don't want to wait until the end. They want a ticket. I remember my mom used to get some fresh milk and she would boil it. And the first boil, poof, give some nice cream. The second one, a little bit less. The third boil was now boiling milk. And God is the same. He says, give me from the top. It's very easy, very simple that you dedicate the one on the top. And you dedicate it how? Cheerfully. Yeah, don't give it like... You know, maybe the first time my son asked me for the car keys, you know, can I get the car, Dad? Okay, take it. Take it there. Take it, take it, take it. <laughs> and he's driving and he's got a license and he's mature, he's good, but you know, that's grudgingly. You don't want to do anything grudgingly, really, because life is too short, right? Do it cheerfully. And then there is this uh, a quotation, the verse in the Bible, if you want to go and check it out, where uh, people at offerings uh, were giving money away at the temple, and there was this old uh, widow that gave cents into the offering. And Jesus called the disciples. They were far away. They called them, and he said, come. 
Come, I want to show you something. This particular widow has put more in the basket than all the people before her. And the people before her put thousands. But this lady was special with a couple of cents. Uh, this is not me talking. You can read it there. I can read it to you, for you as well. Meaning that you have to give uh, from your heart. And it doesn't matter what you give. That's the beauty of it. If you have five dollars, it's wonderful. If you've got only a dollar, that's even better. Because God does not look at the amount. He doesn't need it. He's got all the world. He can do whatever he wants. But he wants our friendship, our love for who he is. And there is this, this part in the Bible where there was 5,000 people gathered to listen to him. And they didn't have food. And they said, well, go feed the people. And they said, where are we going to feed the people? There is no grocery store here. We're in the middle of nowhere. And how are we going to feed 5,000 people? We don't have any money. And then this little boy from CTF Scarborough from the Sunday school came and said, hey, I got a couple of fish and a few little bread. What is this going to do? But then Ramesh took the two breads, took the bread. And prayed over them. And it went around. Right? And it fed everybody. And there was more left over. So really it's not a matter of what you have. It's your availability. You pray about it. He does the rest. How? Don't ask me. You know, it's none of my business. I just, my business is to pray and to offer. And he would do it. So don't be scared about tithing. Just make sure it's from the top. And it's cheerfully, and he will do the rest. When he does the rest, then boy, now he has an opportunity to expand the 90% that is there. But if you had the 90% already spent, what is there to me? He, he, he's tied. He cannot, right? But if you do it this way, then you can. So, number one, he's saying first fruit and cheerful. That second reason is probably fear. That yeah, I don't have enough and whatever I have, I give it. And uh, is this going to come back to me? Really? And, and then the rent and then well, the insurance is due. What am I going to do? And I'll share with you something. Uh, I don't want to say a nice experience, but a difficult experience. So that you know that I'm not venting, but I show you uh, sometimes how he deals with us. We bought this church, and I was the administrator, and it was the day to go and sign the documents with the lawyer and the pastor. And I worked <clears throat> 30 days to find insurance. I can't find insurance. And now at 3 o'clock... The pastor is going to come and we're going to drive to the lawyer. And among the 20, 30 paperwork that we have to sign the board and this and that, he's going to ask, where is the insurance? And this property was a million too, so it's not a small property. And I was just, I couldn't find insurance. And the time was fine. And I just like, I, I, 
I, I, I prayed or I cried. I said, God, what is this? This, this is coming. And I'm not going to lie when I go to the lawyer. I am not going to lie. What am I going to say? This is your church. It's not my church. I, I, I don't know what to do. And, and it was like almost grumbling. A prayer of, you know, I don't trust you. Basically. And as I was doing all this show and crying, I heard the fax ring. And it was one of those old faxes where, you know, the, the, the document is a little kind of watery, the old faxes. And this document comes in and I go, stick it out. What is it? Somebody's trying to sell something. Your insurance has been approved. And obviously, it was just like 10 minutes before the pastor comes. I mean, God can be trusted. He likes to wait till the last minute. <laughs> Why? Why? I told him many times, I said, God, please don't let me wait until the last I love you. I care about you. You know my heart. But that's his style. And he likes it because then we know that it's him and not us. Same thing, I was treasurer and I've got uh, envelopes of offering and I'm going through them. In my mind, I know I owe $3,231.16. So it's got to be here. There's no doubt. Because I'm like the goalkeeper. I'm the last one. The net is behind me. There's nobody behind me. So first envelope, five bucks. Okay, seven dollars. 100, ah, how good. (laughs) Another $2, this, oh, empty envelope, come on, come on. And I'm sweating, 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 go down my back. And then the last one, Autumn, the last envelope, you open it up and it pays exactly for the amount. And what do you do? You just sit there, cry. Cry because he is so powerful. He's so strong, he's so trustworthy. And how many times has this happened to me? Many times. So don't worry, don't worry. Thank you, don't worry. It's a battle every day that you have to go through. But he is trustworthy and he will come. He will never leave you. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, go ahead. As a matter of fact, there is something here that I discovered. Okay. Um, yeah. God uses fret not, and sometimes he says fear not. Do you know how many times fear not was mentioned in the Bible? 365 times. And what comes to mind when it's 365? That's how many days are there? You know, you're going to say Hugh is a number guy. I am a number guy only if there is a dollar in front of it. (laughs) But now I'm a number guy with the Bible. Because I go check these things out and boom, you find a revelation there. 365 times every day the Lord has told me, you know, fear not, fear not. And still at the end of the day, sometimes 5 o'clock or 8 o'clock, I am in fear, I am, I am, but don't fear. Do not fear. That is his word, and he's trustworthy. 
So we, we battle uh, all the time between spirit, uh, body, and, uh, and soul. And our soul contain our experience, contain our emotion, and contain our will. And the people, that's one of the strongest, where you've gone before somewhere and it didn't work. So God tells you, go there. God, it's not going to work. I've tried this many times, it's not going to work. Or God tells you to go somewhere and you don't want to go there. Or you are in this particular job and the job is really bad. The atmosphere is bad. Nobody is a Christian there. But he wants you to stay there because you're the only light. You have a mission over there. It's not always a nice mission. Sometimes it's not a very nice mission. So this battle probably uh, is something that we all struggle with. But be aware that the spirit should be the number one. Follow your spirit. Follow his guidance. Follow that small voice inside of you. Follow your heart. And I, I, I guarantee you, you'll make the right decision. Because uh, the mind uh, plays some nasty tricks. And then, if uh, anything fails, worship. I mean, we were worshiping today. People were in tears. Uh, that's the strongest uh, uh, battle, that weapon that we have. And I think giving and tithing is a form of worship. Because worship is not only with Sybil and in music, but worship is an attitude. It's everything done as worshiping God. If I serve, if I, if I prepare food, if I, if I drive somebody to church, it's, it's worshiping God. Right? Yeah. So, and number four, we are stewards. Um, we are stewards of everything. We are stewards of the money that we get. We are stewards of our gifts. We are stewards of our qualities, of our strengths. Because I give it from him. Where else would I have it? Right? So we are stewards of, 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 of the money that comes to us. And, and this sh should also encourage you when you have a nasty boss at work. And, and, and you know, it's not him who is the boss. The boss really is God. Right? Yeah, and he, he will arrange everything for us. So uh, um, the point here is that uh, the, the world will try to trick you. And uh, we are stewards. We have to be watchful of what we do. So if you have income, and I put it as a square, go ahead. The world is going to try by all means to stretch that triangle or that rectangle out. They want you to go outside of the triangle. Don't go outside. Live within your means. I see a lot of people, well, we need a car. Well, we don't need a car, we need transportation. So maybe for a period of time, I'll take the bus. And then he will reward me with a car. What kind of car? It may not be the BMW. It would be a nice small VW or, right? <laughs> or a Honda. <laughs> huh? yeah. Yes, yeah. And then he will reward you with your desire later on. But he rewards he, after needs. 
And the world is going to try all kinds of things. I put them in summary because I don't want to stay late. Go ahead. Uh, one of them is that uh, uh, why not? Nobody would know. Uh, everybody deserve it. Everybody's doing it. Um, the sale is 50% off. That works very well with uh, the ladies. <laughs> there was this lady who said, uh, promised to her husband that uh, she will not buy a dress. And then the next day she comes home and she's got a bag and there is a dress in it. And he said, honey, we just, you know, we, we just made a deal. You're not going to buy the dress. And she said, don't I look nice? He said, yes, but you just said that. Why didn't you pray? She said, I prayed. I said, get behind me, Satan. And you know what's, what Satan said? You look better from the back than the front. <laughs> the devil is going to try all kinds of things to uh, make you stretch that square. Don't stretch it. Right? Don't stretch it because you are stewards of that for your family, for uh, your money. So, I think, uh, uh, oh, one more thing, and I don't have the time for it, but it would be good after the 10% that you also save 10, 15%. And the bottom line is that if you're not a good savior, you will never be rich. It goes hand in hand. I have seen people win the lottery big time, and after a year, nothing, nothing is left. Wow, how could that be? Right? So it's not what you have you want, it's what you have is making best of what you have. And when you're good stewards of what you have, then the Lord will bless you. Uh, this is uh, another second Corinthian. I shared with you uh, uh, the uh, Old Testament. So this is from the New Testament. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So again, we read that from Second uh, Corinthians uh, 9, 6, 8. But if we go a little bit deep into it, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. I mean, it makes sense. Right? Go ahead. And who sows generously would reap generously. You know, when, I, when, I, um, when my time is finished here on earth and uh, there is a eulogy for me, uh, what would they say? I, I'm thinking and I'm saying if they would say, he was a generous guy, would be the best thing that you can be called. Right? We say he was a rich guy, doesn't make a difference. But generous guy, generous, right? So here's the key. If you want to be generous, you sow generously. Go ahead. And then you decide in your heart. Don't, don't use too much the, the logic and the mind. Don't turn it off, but use your heart. Right. 
and cheerful giver. We've said that before. And go ahead. And then, bless you abundantly, I found these two guys dancing, which is a good, uh, good thing. Okay, well, uh, just because my time is, is limited, uh, I have to finish, but I, I cannot finish my sharing with you uh, uh, without saying one thing, is that I've been on the board of CTF for uh, four years now or so, and um, before that, I used to be uh, the administrator of Rivers of Life for 14 years, seven plus seven. And uh, I just want to share with you, uh, Ramesh shared uh, the numbers for December. We have a good accountant who finished the books right on time. I wish some of my clients would have the speed with which we do. But the speed also comes not only from an accountant who's good, but because we have no debt. I look at that balance sheet of CTF and I say, Lord, please bless my clients with a balance sheet like that. Because we have uh, 270000 of equity and $3,000 of uh, liabilities. The liabilities, is just we didn't sign the check, but the check has been prepared and ready. So uh, I am very... Uh, I'm very conscious of that, and I've seen also other ministries, how sometimes they go through challenges. That is not at CTF Scarborough. The Lord certainly is with us every step of the way. And from day one, it hasn't been like there's no ups and downs. It was just steady. And our income statement as well, we are on budget. Uh, we've never been in a deficit. We've never been in a negative situation and on budget. And maybe I can share with you that 50% of our expenses are in salary and benefits and wages, which is understandable. There's 10% of rent, and then there is 12% of tithes and offering and giving to other ministries, and 12%, 15% to ministries, which does about 95% of everything. And we have 15% of administrative support, which... Some ministries take them 15 years to get to where we are in four years. So uh, uh, I wanted to say thank you as a board of, board of director member for your generosity and your support. And I believe that CTF Scarborough is going somewhere. God is going to reward us for your support, for your generosity, and for continuing them. So I say that in all my heart. <clears throat> and we've been growing, and we've preparing the foundation. You have to have a good foundation, and we have to be patient when we do foundation, because it's not exciting in working in the foundation. It's just cement and steel, but it's the reinforcement that is needed to build uh, a, a big building. I think I have one last slide. Yeah, uh, let me finish with this slide, which make 2019 your best year ever. You know, in business, they say you cannot do the same thing and expect a different result. You have to change something. Is this, is this uh, okay with God? It is, I would say to you. Because sometimes I've been praying about something and nothing happened. And then I change my prayer, boom, and I see a breakthrough comes. 
If you want to see some change, you have to try something different than you've tried before. So we read this Psalm 1, 1, 3. says, happy are those who find joy in obeying the word of the Lord. And they study it day and night. They are like trees that grow strong beside the stream and bear fruit at the right time and whose leaves do not dry up. They succeed in everything they do. So uh, I leave you with that, that you succeed with everything you do and you have a wonderful 2019. Bless you and thank you very much. Thank you, Hugh. Very, very good. You don't have to wait until you pass away, Hugh, for there, for there to be a, a eulogy that says you are a generous man. We can say it now. You are indeed a generous man. Thank you very much. And we have benefit from your, benefited from your wisdom. You know, he's, he's the kind of uh, board member that, you know, is always smiling, okay? And so whenever, so whenever I say, you know, we have to have our building this year, he smiles. <laughs> And he knows because of, 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 of his experience, unless God does a miracle, we just can't make it happen. So he keeps us on track, is what I'm saying. So we love him for that, as well as the other board members, Norman, Stephen, Lillian. Uh, very good. Let me just pray. I know, I know we've, we're a bit over, but this is a talk, you know, a talk on finances. So we're not going to take up an offering or anything like that. Just relax. Um, here's the deal. If you have... If you're, if you're able to say that uh, um, I'm not as generous as I would like to be because I have fear and anxiety about money, if you're willing to admit that to yourself and to us, I'd love to pray for you because God, as Hughes already said, uh, when we capture a vision of who God really is and how big and powerful and faithful and good he is, um, we can actually trust him. And I believe that tithing like, and, and any sort of management of money basically comes down to trust. And who do you trust? And so, um, does, do you want to stand? Yeah, let's all stand. Let's all stand. I don't want to single anybody out. Uh, but if you feel that this way, you know, you just, you just take a moment to confess that to the Lord right now. Lord, uh, as I've been listening to you, uh, I can feel a little bit of anxiety around money in my heart. And so, Lord, I want to give that to you. I want to give this anxiety about money and stewarding money and giving and all the rest of it. I want to give that anxiety to you. You can do that in your own words. Lord, I choose with my own will to trust you. And because money is such a huge thing in our lives, I trust you with my money. I trust you with whatever you give me, the job you lead me to, the investments I have, how, whatever sources of income I have. Lord, I trust you with all of it. I choose to make you the Lord of my finances, the Lord of my resources. Because they come from you anyway, Father. 
Would you help me to manage my money well? Would you help me to be generous? Because you are generous. You give your very best to us. And so we want to be like you, Jesus. We want to give ourselves back to you, including our resources, including our money. So help us, Father. Help each one of us with that, especially those of us who struggle in this area. Lord, I thank you personally for the way you've helped us at Cash of Fire Scarborough. You've really um, helped us to, to grow, and you've been so faithful uh, to keep us on track financially. And it's been, it's been your doing, Jesus. It's been your doing. You've been so, so good to us. And we believe for the building that you have for us. We believe that this is the year that it will come to fruition, regardless of what Hugh may say. <laughs> Let it be in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace, now and forevermore. Amen. Bless you, everybody. Thanks for being patient since we've gone over time.